Welcome to a global conversation with Bebe Voyage, a podcast about the highs and lows of traveling the world with kids. With your host, Marta Conte, each week we deliver insightful conversations with globetrotting parents from around the world. From travel gear, travel tips and tricks, to diversity, uplifting marginalized voices and more. You can find great recommendations on our website, bebevoyage.com. To connect with other travel-loving parents, be sure to join our membership program. Listen through to the end of the episode and we'll tell you more about it then. This week we are joined by Dominique Aloalafe, a black mompreneur and founder of Lightly, a travel-made easy delivery service. We will be discussing her experience as a black mom and entrepreneur, as well as her ideas on how we can join the Black Lives Matter movement to create a world free of anti-blackness. Lightly is also a Bebe Voyage favorite brand, which means you'll get special discounts to them as part of our membership program. This podcast may contain language not suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. First of all, thank you so much for taking part in this. Um, we Absolutely. really appreciate it, and we Absolutely. think it's such an important conversation. We are really happy that you, you, you know, you can do this with us, and uh, and you know, help us navigate this and understand, and you know, help improve our understanding, and and everything that we can. Uh, make better so yeah, i'm gonna let you take it away with you know tell us a little bit about yourself what you do and a bit about your company so that we can uh, we can get everyone getting to know you awesome yeah so um i'm dominique and i am i'll just give you a bunch of little facts to yes. kind of help you guys understand um how i propelled into founding lightly um I'm originally from East Lansing, Michigan, which is a small town, but we are home to Michigan State University, which has one of the best study abroad programs. So um, international and that culture has kind of always been a part of my upbringing. Um, I was raised by a single mom with um, my older brothers and we couldn't afford to travel, but we did have uh, foreign exchange students at our house. so. Just this idea of bringing in new cultures and exploring new people. Um, I just am really lucky to have a mom that, you know, brought that to our home so early yeah. on. Um, and then I moved to California and I attended Cal Poly, um, a school in San Luis Obispo. And I played volleyball there collegiately. And then I um, went on to... Uh, play professionally overseas and I lived in Switzerland I lived in Azerbaijan I lived in Sicily Marsala so again it was just more opportunities to um, continue doing what I love which is traveling and exploring new cultures and new people um, so I was really lucky um, I moved back to LA in about around 2013 and uh, started working in my nine to five now um, and that is wardrobe styling and costume design. Wow. Um, and so working in the entertainment industry and, and meeting people that way has always been really exciting for me. Um, but this entrepreneur, the mompreneurship was a side hustle up until the pandemic. Obviously, Hollywood's closed. Um, yes. So I will say that this COVID thing has been a blessing in disguise for me because it really forced me to make um, my side hustle, my main gig now, and really yeah. 150% into it. Um, so Lightly is a, a business that I started. Um, it's a service that basically transforms the way parents travel with infants and little kids. Um, I am so tired of seeing a family schlep their entire household to <laughs> airports yeah. and busy subway stations. <laughs> and I felt like, how can we make the modern parent you know, have just a 10% better experience when traveling with their infants. And we shouldn't have to sacrifice that, right, when we're totally um, with these little ones. So um, Lightly is a service that basically delivers uh, carefully curated care packages directly to destination doorsteps. Um, they're some of the best products um, out there. And I'm really excited, again, about transforming this experience for parents and little kids. Um, and I Which is amazing. 
because yeah, it's going to make such that, a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think that my like eclectic life experiences have just been, uh, you know, perfectly this perfect storm yeah. to create this business. And so I'm totally, so you know, I, I am a minimal packer. So if I can avoid bring extra stuff and have it yeah. ready there, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So, and I yes. think it's, it's amazing for parents, you know, we know this pain point, but even new parents, just teaching yes. them like, you don't have to bring every single thing in your nursery, exactly. it's okay. Totally. Um, yeah, it's exciting. It's I really remember exciting. my first trip back to Italy with Ali, and I promise you, it was just the two of us, we were gonna go, she was two months, and we were gonna yeah. meet my parents for the first time, and I had like three suitcases and a hand <laughs> luggage. I was going home, they had everything there. <laughs> But I felt like I had to bring yeah. something because, you know, what if she needs right. this, you know? Yeah, it's like this new parent anxiety, I think, in combination with an industry that hasn't done the best job of supporting um, families, right? I think that there's still this um, taboo mentality that we're fighting with okay, I'm bringing a baby on the plane and I need to be passing out all these gifts to all these people in case <laughs> she cries or in case, you know, something goes wrong. But it's like, hey, no, like, support me, right? Like, we should all be inclusive and not feel like we're the redheaded stepchild because we brought, yeah. <laughs> you know, our baby with us. So, um, yeah, I'm... I'm really excited. No, we're very excited. We're very excited to partner up with you as well and, you know, promote this idea. I think it's, it's genius and uh, it's going to help a lot of families. Yeah. Um, so how did you find, obviously being a mompreneur is already difficult and it's, sure. you know, especially when you start it as a side hustle and you have a job that you have to continue. How did you find it as a black mompreneur? Was it even harder? I will say... Um, Yes and no, right? Um, yes, because when it comes to funding, there's already um, lending discrimination, right? And mm. I've experienced this not only as an entrepreneur, but even in just purchasing our own home. Um, something that I had to ever contemplate that I don't think, you know, people that are white ever think about is the idea that I knew having a a uh, white fiance was going to help my chances of getting approved for a loan, right? Like that's a reality for it's crazy. Um, black people. And so when I think about how that is with my entrepreneurship, those still, those things still are in my head as I'm like, when, when, when I'm getting lending, if I'm applying for something for my business, how much more difficult is it going to be? How much more perfect is my resume or my, everything need to be because of the color of my skin and the systemic racism racism and how we've made you know created this idea of um disadvantages because of the color of my skin and for some reason it means i have a lower credit score or whatever reasons that they can justify for not giving me that money you know that's real and it's it's painful and um it needs to change Definitely, definitely. How did you how did you tackle this? I mean, I know you said that you say you have a white fiance, and obviously that probably helped you. Um, but is there any way something that you know other mompreneurs might be watching and they how how can they go about making this easier for them? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts by having these conversations, right? These really yeah. tough conversations. Tough, yeah. And they start at home, you know, these, I think if we start having these difficult conversations, and I think um, our society's not used to doing that, right, in a, in a really productive way, um, yeah. it's uncomfortable. And when we start having the dialogue, and we really start talking about it, we influence our immediate family, but then we go on to influence other people, you know. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, bring it up, talk about it. You know, for me, a lot of the problem that I realized my participation in not helping dismantle this was the fact that I didn't say anything at all, right? I had yeah. normalized behavior. I had suppressed things. I just learned to adapt and to put my head down and keep going. And, you know, I think the beauty in this movement is that I recognize I don't have to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's time yeah. enough's enough. I know. I totally agree. I, I, I learned so much through, through this movement and the, the, you know, the last few events that have happened. And I realized myself that I am totally lacking 
any understanding or knowledge or awareness of what is really going on. And I think, you know, I, I always thought I was a nice person, you know, I never thought any of this. And the fact that I'm coming to realize, realizing all of this now at 35 is like, why have I not been told this before? Why have I not researched this before? Why have I not okay. looked into this before? Because now, now I can pass it to my daughter. Now I, we can yeah. learn together and, and improve the next generation and, and actually be good people, you know, yeah. not just thinking of. So no, I, yeah. I, I agree. We need to have more of this conversation and we need to, to put them out there. Um, someone had just commented, I think it's Jess saying, we don't want to admit that we are biased, racist and have privilege. And it's true. You know, we are in a very comfortable position. And I think we were talking the other day. I, I came to realize that we as white people hold the key to every sector of society that, you know, holds black people back. You know, we hold everything and, and we need to find a way on how to dismantle the system and, and make it equal for everyone. So if you have any idea on how we can do this, please right. share them with us because I think it's so important that we learn. Right, right. Yeah. I think I'll say two things. We're all uncomfortable, right? Like I'm uncomfortable yeah. right now. Oh, you know I, mean? I am so my vulnerability. Yeah. So this work comes from both sides. It's a steadfast commitment from both sides. We're all going to be uncomfortable. Um, but in that vulnerability, in that authenticity, I think there, there's room for real change, right? If we stay where we are, we never grow. And we never, when you, you have to put yourself out there in order to cultivate change. It's just, yeah. there's no other option. So I agree. I think it's uncomfortable to say it never affected me and I never thought about it, right? That's uncomfortable, but the honest, um, for you to be honest in saying that is like the first step, right? So getting people to the table is the first step. Um, I would say also, you know, I always talk about diversifying economic power, right? Yes. Because like you said, uh, white people hold the key in all these different sectors. Let's shift the economic power, start yeah. investing in black businesses, start investing in black communities, start investing in schools um, with predominantly black kids so that their education is on par with your kids' education, right? Yeah. That their resources are on par with your resources. Why is it that when you go to certain um, neighborhoods, you know, the school, you're like, I would never send my kid here, right? And then you go to a different school with a different socioeconomic class where majority of these kids are white. There's maybe a couple, yeah. you know, minority speckles here and there. And they've got like a petting zoo and like the best cafeteria and all of these things. Hey, we need this for both kids. You yeah. Know? And um, it, it really is so important to me because I do think actionable steps are investing in black communities, investing in black businesses you know I look at the community the Bebe Voyage community and it's beautiful I love the pictures I love the families but I will say when I first joined I was like oh there aren't that many yes. black families on here and representation matters and not just okay we've got one we're done right um no I think something becomes that, a thing. And that is one of the things that I, I wanted to discuss with you because, you know, um, we, we are looking as, as a Bebe Voyage team, we're looking at um, what can we do as, as a platform that has so much, you know, yeah. popularity and, and we, our team is predominantly white and our community is predominantly white. So mm -hmm. how, how can we change this? How can we effectively try and diversify our community and get it? bigger and, and more diverse because yeah. even when we do call outs on uh, you know ambassadors for mm -hmm. to represent us and things we always get the same response mm -hmm. um so obviously as jess was saying we don't want the token black family we want mm -hmm. to expand mm -hmm. on our communities how can mm -hmm. how can we do this effectively yeah i um, mean i think that there's all i'm sure that there's other travel groups that are um all black or all 
Asian or all, you know, whatever, and, and partnering with these other communities and coming together as one, yeah. you know what I mean? And being like, we'd love to showcase this family from your community. They, uh, their trips and their um, background aligns well with what we're trying to do at our community. So like these resources are there. It's just about recognizing that we failed to this point, right? To reflect yeah, we did. True equality. And now we're making the changes and in, in so that we can um, show everyone. We want everyone to be a part of our community. And it's not just yeah. white privileged families going on these amazing vacations. Which, to be honest, sometimes, you know, I look at them and it's like, I can't do that. I, you know, I, I, I love you, but you make me so jealous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Um, so no, I, I agree. And I, I think it's a great idea to, to partner up with, yeah. um, with other communities. And I think it's something that we're really definitely going to take on board yeah. and, and look into it. Um, going back to being a mompreneur and the difficulties in how to set it up and uh, the racial and every, um, everything else i know we talked about that you were uncomfortable to begin with to show your face as the face of your brand and mm -hmm. um, what has changed what has yeah. changed and and why were you uncomfortable yeah um i was uncomfortable because i had to contemplate the fact that once i show my face i could lose potential sales right I don't know any white person that's ever had that um, to think about something like that. Sorry. No, um, please. I, uh... The idea that my skin color would offend somebody so much that they wouldn't buy something that would serve them and help them is so hard to swallow. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, and I'm sorry you ever had to go through this, and I'm, I am so grateful that you're sharing this with us, and it's so personal, and it's so raw, and... I... Yeah, so I think I wasn't ever like, okay, I'm not, right? I always knew I was going to say something. I always knew I was going to um, be come from behind in this moment that was so necessary, Um but it, it's the fact that I had to contemplate the, the consequences of that. And that to me is disgusting. And so what changed? Um, it changed, it started to change um, personally for me on my own personal Instagram when I was like, oh, I have been an active participant by not saying anything, by not speaking up because I normalized, I, my, my um, way of dealing with the trauma was to normalize and suppress, right? So I started to like unpack and, and, and unpeel this band-aid right in my own personal and I was like there's no way I can do this on my personal account and then not do it for the business that I'm starting I want everybody to know that lightly will always stand behind Black Lives Matter and uh, if you support us then great you know and I have a moral responsibility as a mother you know to my daughters yeah. to my community um, I just, yeah. So I, I think what changed was that it was happening, happening for me internally already with my own personal journey and what I'd been through. And then I knew, okay, I need to do this for lightly too. Yeah, yeah no. And, uh, and as I said, you know, we stand, we stand with you. We stand behind you. We're here Thank to you. support you and, you know, to, to help whatever, in any way we can, because it's about time that we, yeah. we stand behind you and, and help you and, and do something, you know, yeah. we, we can't just sit in the, in the sideline and just watch and then right. do nothing. Um, right. so I, I am really sorry that you had to go through this, but I am so grateful that you have decided to show your beautiful face <laughs> to the world and uh, and you know and uh, and we're here and we want to help in in any way we can um so yeah. thank you for that yeah, really no, you know do you think and this is gonna be I, um i hope it's not a controversial question and um, please bear with me because i am still learning and i don't mean um do you think that because you're a mompreneur so a woman a black woman it's it's even more difficult than a black man 
starting a business? Or do you think you're pretty much on par? I think we're on par. I think that yeah. the racism that we experience is different, but I think we're on par, right? I mm. think for um, black men, as we've seen, um, overt racism is a little bit more acceptable for whatever reason. I think that women might experience more covert racism, you know, mm. black um, But I think it's, I definitely think it's equal. Um, it's just, it's rough, you know? It's and, rough, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I've been telling my own friends, download that diagram, right? Uh, of the overt and covert racism. And yes. take, these, take these topics to your dinner table and like unpack them, you know, one, maybe one a week, because it, it's really heavy. These conversations are not easy and it's uncomfortable, but really dive into that and really reflect and take the time to think like, how did I participate in this? Yeah. Or... How am I, how do I understand this? You know what I mean? And what can I do to impact this and teach my kids not to do it? You know what I mean? Um, totally. Uh, yeah. One of the first questions when, when everything started to be unpacked, you know, social media and uh, the protest and the march, it was like, you know, how am I implicit in this? Because we all are, you know, I, I cannot, because I don't say something or I don't do something, I can't take myself out of the equation. I am implicit. I am by just not talking about it. I am doing something. Right. So I need, to, I need to understand how I am implicit in this and how to make that better and how, right. to, how to change it. And that diagram is, is yes, yeah, somebody just said the diagram is fabulous. It is yeah. a great way of understanding and where we're doing wrong and how, right. to, and how to switch, you know, right. and, and do better. And right. I, love the, I love the term that is going around that we always, you know, we grew up with this idea of, racism and I am not racist and not racist but actually the anti-racism term that is, is coming out now that I was not even aware of mm -hmm. and that existed is so much better mm -hmm. and it because it makes you an active participant against mm -hmm. racism and then I think you know it's one of the terms that I really uh, that I really took to and I'm really trying to to learn and, and mm -hmm. read about so yeah I think um, it's I think it's also hard because um, with my white friends that I know are compassionate and beautiful and sweet and loyal, you have a hard time thinking that you've went 35 years so ignorant to this. Yes. And, and then you're like, oh my God, racism, it's such a, it's a, such a horrible word and a horrible term that you're like, how could I ever be put in the same category as something so evil and so awful when I'm a good person, I'm, I'm kind, I feel like I'm empathetic, I think that I, I try to be inclusive and I have black friends, like how could I, you kind of like identify yourself and then this word, right? you know what I mean, you're just, it blows your mind. Yeah, um, and I understand that, you know, how that struggle of like, am I evil? Have I, you know, how have I failed? Um, and like I said, I think dismantling biases takes a steadfast commitment from both sides, right? And that pain is real and you should feel it. We're feeling it, right? And now it's time that we all come together and we heal and we, and we change so that our children can just read about this in the history books and be like, what are you talking yeah. about, mom? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't even know. No, I, I, you know, um, somebody posted uh, something on social media that saying, you know, this is, can you think when our children will learn about this at school, mm -hmm. would you not be embarrassed to tell them I sat there and did nothing? Right. And I think is exactly, you know, we can't right. sit there and do nothing. We right. have to participate and take a stand and, and change yeah. ourselves, you know, keep learning and keep realizing that we're going to do stuff wrong all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to stop doing things wrong. But if we, if we learn from it, if we read about it and we learn and we educate ourselves, we can get better and mm -hmm. we can stop, you know, eventually stop doing things wrong and, and learn from the wrong things that we've done and, and move on and, and help everyone, you know. Yeah. I think, so. and I think people will put a lot of pressure on themselves that they have to um, come to the table perfectly, right? But it's an imperfect process yeah. and it's a journey. And I think that we need to all lift that pressure off of ourselves that we, 
you know, we live in this like cancel culture. If you say the wrong thing, it's like done. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we need to start being more compassionate with ourselves and that and that love of like, I'm showing up imperfectly and I'm here and I'm vulnerable and I'm ready, but I'm authentic in my intention to exactly. really make a change. Yeah. And I, you know, I'd rather that than the perfect facade of nothing is real behind there. You know, you're expecting me to believe yeah. that everything is perfect and you know right. everything and you learn everything. No, right. I, I'd rather know that we make mistakes. Yes. But we can learn and, and improve, you know. Yeah. Um, somebody was asking a really interesting question on how we can integrate our learning into our traveling. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think that when you're traveling, for me, what I love to do when I do travel to these places, um, I really focus on local, local um, experiences. So I like the locals to take me around. I like to meet local people because for me, I'm coming to your community. I'm coming to your home. So I want to adapt to your culture. I don't want to stay within the confines of you need to take care of me. I'm here. I'm your guest. No, I'm, I feel blessed to be allowed into your home and to your um, um, part of the world and your culture and your experiences. Please teach me, please show me, you know, um, so for me, it's changing our mindset and our perspective about travel. You know, um, I went to Greece in 2018 by myself yep. with a, <laughs> a one-year-old at the time. <laughs> you brave Wild. woman. <laughs> Wild. Um, but I will say this. The Greek culture was so open and warm to family and supporting yeah. them that you didn't feel um bad about bringing your baby to a nice restaurant yeah. you know they had her and they love babies over and there they, oh my gosh so I was like thank you I found my place um but I remember you know my brother popped in to visit very quickly he was studying abroad at the time and I scheduled a food tour um through the locals yeah. you know what I mean but she taught me about the history of this it was very interesting because with each restaurant, there was a history. It was like this historical tour of the city while eating Amazing. food and drinking. And I was like, we need this in every single country, in yeah. every single city, because if I want to learn about anything, it's obviously through food. But, um, yeah. but that's kind of my perspective and my intention when I go to new places. Is like, I want to meet people that live here and I want to share um, a very... Um, common experience of eating together and gathering together to understand you. You know what I mean? It's, it's your mission too at Bebe Voyage is just like making the world a little smaller, breaking down these barriers, breaking down these yeah. walls in a way, dismantling you know, biases. I think our biggest goal is to have global citizens, you know, tell our children that they can really, you know, be a global community where, yeah. where they can come together and, and share their yeah their stories and their backgrounds because we are all different but the beauty yeah. of understanding that we're different then we can sit as you say at a table and share our stories exactly and diversity yeah. is our strength yeah i think people are afraid of that for whatever reason but i love that i love collaborating with different perspectives and different backgrounds and different experiences i think that it makes us so much stronger you know yeah um, and to see the differences right because i think sometimes we're like oh i don't see color no that's not what we're asking for we're asking you to see the color and honor it right and, and that was it. one of the things that i think i was most guilty of i think is one of the sentences i probably said the most in my life without yeah. realizing how bad it was right. that I was erasing someone's culture, someone's yeah. heritage. And yeah. I didn't even think about it. And, That's you know, cool. it's one of the things that we are learning now that I think it's so important that is out there. Yeah, absolutely. And so many people are saying, yes, I was guilty of this. <laughs> and yes. And it's, it's uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's, this is why we need to talk about it because yeah. then, it comes out and you know yeah. we can now sit down and say so tell me about you and tell me about your story and exactly you know, exactly so, no totally I mean, we want you to see our color we think it's beautiful and we want to be celebrated you know yeah so, exactly um yeah i think it's important 
Definitely. Somebody else was saying um, there is a good-bad binary around racism, accepting that our entire culture is based on racism and that binary. So it's not if, but when we see racism in ourselves and in the world. And I think it's, it's true, you know, we are. And then we need to accept it, understand mm -hmm. it, learn from it, and, mm -hmm. and, and help. Yeah. And yeah. It. So, no, definitely. And I think, too, you know, there's that Instagram account I had shared with you, Shifting the Culture. They termed this phrase, which I loved, compassionate accountability. Mm -hmm. Essentially, instead of trying to put the burden of carrying the world on your shoulders and, like, you know, talking to any person out there about, you know, trying to help them change, you know, you focus on the people that you already have relationships with, right? Because they're more susceptible to trust you. You've already built that trust with yep. them in terms of unpacking these really tough and, and, and hard and vulnerable conversations. You know, you're going to invest in the people you already have a relationship with and, um, deem it worth your time to in, invest intellectual time, emotional time um, into helping them, you know, pull their heads out of the sand or, or talk about these topics. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great resource. Uh, yeah, Nati was saying as well, it's such a good resource to have. And uh, yeah, I'm so glad you shared it. And um, we're going to be, I think we already shared it on all our Facebook's account and we're going to yeah. do the same with, uh, with the Instagram as well. Cause um, that was my, my next thing, you know, has the word allies has been thrown around a lot and I like to think that Bebe Voyage wants to be one of your biggest allies so mm -hmm. how can we help further the Black Lives Matter cause and in a meaningful meaningful impactful way you know how can we do this right and, um, well because our focus yeah I think because our focus is our children obviously with this community um, that other Instagram account I had recommended um, which is a nonprofit that teaches educators how to bring these topics to the classroom, I think is so powerful. Oh, definitely. It needs I'm to be. When I'm feeling sad or upset or like, I can't do this anymore, I always look to the children, right? It's, yeah. they're so pure, right? These babies come out and they're just, they're made from pure love. And so invest in our future. Let's plant the seeds there. Maybe we won't reap the benefits, but I know your daughter and my daughter, yeah, you know what I they mean? Will. know that their legacy or the legacy that we leave is... Yeah, um, totally. That is, a, that is a really big campaign here in the UK uh, because obviously, you know, through, through all these years, you go to school and you are taught colonialism as a way of liberating other tribes and teach them and other, you know... And it's not the way to go. So at the moment, there is a really big petition to change the UK curriculum to yes. actually teach what colonialism was yes. about. And how we stripped other cultures of their own heritage and land yeah. and, and everything that came from it. And I, yeah. and I really think, it's, you know, I really hope it passes. I really hope it's, it gets through Parliament and it gets discussed discussed there and and make a change to my daughter education when she goes to school in a year or two years time you know because if we don't teach them that it's bad and what yeah. really was they're gonna yeah. grow up thinking but we're the savior of the world right. you know look what we right. did and look what right. we achieved and it's like no actually you, you <laughs> didn't we 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 did the opposite of yeah. you know what you think it is yeah. And um, so education That's, needs to. I think one of the top, one of those um, a Eurocentric curriculum is one of the covert racist um, topics on that diagram. And it's funny that you are saying that in the UK because Juneteenth, right, today is not something that was taught to me when I was growing up in school. In fact, I literally did not know about it until maybe a year or two ago, right? Being in LA and um, not really familiar with it, but it speaks to this huge problem that is this Eurocentric yeah. curriculum that has only taught us a certain way of history. And uh, that was it, you know? Um, so yeah, I think addressing the curriculum all over and saying, hey, are we really telling an accurate story here? 
and and challenging that right because there's going to be some resistance and people who will be in denial right when you're starting to unpack yes. this idea of how i've been participating in this racist culture you put a, a wall up that says um no that can't be right you know what i mean so it's going to be a long hard journey right yeah, know, definitely so things, but i think that's amazing in the uk that you guys have already are petitioning well i hope i hope so at the moment i think the petition has gained enough that it has to be discussed in parliament because over here if a petition get over 100,000 signature parliament has to discuss it wow so Hopefully, it once is in Parliament, they won't dismiss it. At the moment, I know there is a big uh, thing going on over here that they're removing all the slavers from our statues from, uh, from the, the University of Oxford okay. that's just approved it. They're removing statues there. Bristol wow. has done the same. So there is a big... I think over here has impacted a lot more than I thought it would be, um, which is great, you know. And, um, and I think is the way it needs to continue. There are a lot of comments. I'm going to read a few. So our yeah. educational system needs to stop bending the truth to just make people comfortable, which is absolutely. absolutely. And a lot of people are saying that no one, that they never heard of Juneteenth until now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Elizabeth is our saying, travel is a great way to reflect on the impact of colonialism. We can have those discussions with our kids when traveling. And it's Absolutely. true. Yeah, I always think travel opens the mind and opens, you know, to, di to different discussions. Um, yeah. Especially if you, as you said before, as you if you try to integrate with the places that, that yeah. you're visiting. Absolutely. So, no, absolutely. absolutely. So, yeah, and education. I think when you, you said something really key, which was you're like, I didn't think um, how the much it would impact yeah. here in the UK. Um, that's interesting to me because I have read articles, you know, people saying racism in America is as American as apple pie, you know, and um, this idea that it's only an American problem. No. But I will tell you as a former professional athlete living in Azerbaijan, living in Switzerland, I experienced racism there too, right? It might not have been overt, right? Or yes. to the extreme, um, sometimes that I've experienced when I lived in Michigan and other places, but um, it, it was there and present in those other... Oh, those totally. I think what is very different is the police brutality um, yes. from America. Like, we, our police over here is not even allowed to, to, to have guns. Yeah. So it's very, it's, yeah, it's very different. But okay. racism is here. And you see right. it everywhere. You know, I have um, friends that have been out for promotions for a very long time and they do everything right and they're simply not getting it. And they can't break this glass ceiling, you know, they're still there and they're still... So to say from a colonial country, yeah. you know, from, from a country that has colonized the world to say the racism is not here, it's yeah. a lie, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a pure lie because we yeah. still teach it to our children. Right. You know, exactly. uh, Jess is saying it's horrific in South Africa, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. There are so many... The racism is everywhere. And that's you can't what I, think find... I think is heartbreaking for black families is I don't know if you ever have to think about when I do book a trip or when I plan something, I will be like, hey, has anybody been here that is black? And what is your experience with racism? Right. Because like that yes. will change my entire vacation. That's gross. Right. And have you, have did you find that. places where you had to change your vacation because of that? Like I, I guess like. For example, when you, like you just mentioned South Africa, I deep down have never been like, oh, I'm ready to go to South Africa because I already know how, you know, deep that the racism is there. I'm not interested. Um, I'm also half Nigerian. So for me, if I'm going to Africa, I'm going to go see my family yeah. in Lagos and, and, you know, spending that time with them. And uh, so for me, I think it's, usually and these are biases too that i have to work to dismantle as we progress I know, you and know? it's um in my head and, and my upbringing places that i wasn't like oh i'm ready to go there because i think that they're going to be open arms um i was i've been like eh, about australia and new zealand you know and just from what rumors and what i've heard you know and it's just sad because those are beautiful countries with i'm mm -hmm. sure beautiful people and 
Um, it's funny, there was an Australian couple on my Greek food tour. And I remember being like, I do want to come visit you, you know, and so but to have that conversation is just it's, it's gross, and it needs to change. And I shouldn't <laughs> Definitely. be like, is this community going to accept me and be kind to me, or even think that I belong here, right? Um, sometimes you go to nice hotels as a black person, and um, the looks, the nonverbals from hotel staff, um, when you don't look like the majority of their clientele, we see that we feel that we know it's there. And then our, you know, our pride, our still we rise um, energy, you know, is like, well, here, I'll pay all cash. You know what I mean? Like this kind yeah. of battle that's heartbreaking and um, frankly, disgusting, you know, it is disgusting and it shouldn't happen. The thought that, you know, usually planning a holiday and going somewhere should always be like, oh, it's a happy time. I shouldn't be worried about this when I'm trying yeah. to organize something that is supposed to be happy with my family or by myself, you know, and yeah. experience something new. Yeah. And, and as I said, but again, we go back to the same thing we were saying before. We hold the key to everything. You find me a country where the white person has to do that mm -hmm. and it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. We never have to go through any of that in any country. Mm -hmm. And it's disgusting person mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. you guys have to do that and mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the conversation that needs to happen and we need to we need to address and change right there are so many comments honestly uh, <laughs> julia is asking where else has it been a good experience not because she was saying that greece was such a great uh, travel oh, experience yeah. for you and she julia would like to know where else has been a good experience for you um bali has my heart um <sighs> i uh, did a 200-hour yoga training in Abood, and the people... Because you're a yogi as well, aren't you? I teach prenatal yoga, yeah, <sighs> um, on Wednesdays um, here at a local studio. Well, now online until we get, you know, the green light. But, um, oh, my gosh, Bali has my heart. They're the sweetest, kindest people. Um, I didn't feel racism when I was there or had any experiences like that. They're just such a humble community and family oriented. Um, I want to move there, live there. You know? I know. Amazing. And the food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Bali, I love. Um, like I said, I lived in Sicily playing volleyball professionally um, in the past. And I, I love Sicilians. I love the yeah. food. No. Um, I am biased, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Italian, so anything oh, okay. to do. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so Sicily yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I've been to where else? I mean, like I said, I I think a part of my um, participation was that I suppressed a lot of experiences. So sometimes I'm I won't even recall, or I normalized it so much so mm. that I register it in order to survive. So. Um, but I love traveling. I love seeing new places. I love Malta. You know what I mean? I love, um, I love Switzerland. I love Bern. I think it's a beautiful country yeah. and the people are also very kind. And, um, I love, you just structure. made me want to travel now. Yeah, <laughs> just like, exactly. Please open travel. the airport. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Elizabeth uh, did a really good comment saying, um, I think white people, travelers, could also have to think about their whiteness before and while traveling, reflecting on our white privilege and being really conscious of that. And I think that's a really good way of putting it. You know, if we started doing that before traveling, maybe things would be different, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I just think that, like, even having the conversation and having people come to the table to say, yes, I, I have... Uh, white privilege is a is a huge step, right? Yeah. Like it, you're awake, and we need yeah. that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because uh, you know, it's the same conversation that I think everyone is is having at the moment. The fact that we're saying white privilege, you're not dismissing the struggle of someone else's life, but we never had to do struggles because of the color of our skin. I never Absolutely. had to plan an holiday pla based on where will I be most accepted Absolutely. and that it's a total different struggle you know right. then you know we all struggle in life we all have our ups and down and and, and hardship and whatever but we start from a very higher step than everyone else mm -hmm. and we need to lower that step and make equal you know and mm -hmm. actually 
it's not even making equal is we have been doing it for so long that mm-hmm. we actually need to give the advantage to someone else mm-hmm. to be able to catch up with us. Right. Because we can't just say, yes, it's fine. We, we, we eliminate everything and we all start at the same point. Mm-hmm. It, it can't be because we already have the advantage from where mm-hmm. we're starting. Mm-hmm. So we, and I we think, didn't need I, to. I think there's some really, um, there's resistance there, right? Because I, you know, I always try to put myself in somebody else's shoes and I'm thinking, okay, if I've always had the advantage in my life, like my entire life, it's not my first thing to be like, hey, I'm gonna level out the playing field now, knowing that now I have to be, work just as hard as you to get this job now, where before I like, I kind of knew I was gonna get it, right? Like leveling out the playing field means like, this is it. Like you are going to be um, assessed on your merits and your experience and your work habits, not just because, you know, you're blonde hair and blue eyed and your name's Lisa and it's (laughs) comfortable for the employer than, you know, um, somebody else. And so I really recognize you know, and it could be the athlete of me being like, well, why would I want to do that? You know, so like when I try to think about why would someone be resistant to the Black Lives Matter or um, diversifying economic power? Well, I'm sure it's uncomfortable, right? Why would I want to yeah. put myself on a level playing field? But then you come back to, which is what um, happened with me with Lightly and becoming, coming from behind my businesses, like I'm prioritizing monetary comforts over morality and hu- and, and um, being a humanitarian? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? And yeah. so um, you really have to sit with yourself and you would need to like reflect on these things and digest it and then look in the mirror and say, this is who I am and this is who I've chosen to be. Am mm-hmm. I okay with this? Is this right? You know? Yeah. And it's the conversation we were having before, you know, I don't want to look back in 20, 30 years time and having to tell my daughter, I'd done nothing. Mm-hmm. I'd done nothing to make mm-hmm. somebody else's life better or to make you understand how this works and what, how you can be better, yeah. you know. And I, I, I did nothing for me. And um, if I do nothing now, you will do nothing. My daughter will do nothing because she will not right. learn. So I need to do this for her mm-hmm. as well as for me and, you know, and, and sit down yeah. and, and unpick everything that we learned up right. to now and, and right. change it, you know? Yes. And then Julia saying, you know, our kids will hold us accountable and it's yeah. true, you know, yeah. we, we have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, somebody's talking about reparation. Yes. I've been studying the case for reparations and it's absolutely something that needs to be discussed more, which I think is the conversation we were having of, uh, you mm-hmm. know, give up our advantages. Mm-hmm. It is true. You know, if mm-hmm. you think about it is, is, is what we were saying. we, June 19th, we said slaves were free and we gave them nothing mm-hmm. to have to be in the same level that we were yeah. already at. Like, how did you, you know? transition them from freedom? You know, to, that you're you free, know, that's it, you go, yeah. you know, and, and now you're yeah. equal. And it's like, how is that ever going to work out? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, and again, but, but again, it's the same conversation as the colony before. We freed you. No, 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 no. They free themselves, yeah. and we did nothing to help them. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. you know, as as we did with the colony, it's the same yeah. conversation. Yeah, and then you know, and we need to we need to understand that we need to learn from our past. We need to learn our history, and then really, you know, and our you know our history as oppressors, right. as white oppressors, because that's right. what we've been. Right. And so yeah. So, um, what is next for you now? Yeah. After um, this big conversation on the yeah, table and exactly. you know well, the new business know, and work, everything. Yeah. What the is work next? Is being done in my home too. You know, the work is done yeah. here too. My fiance and I have had some really tough conversations and I just want to make that clear. It's not things aren't all rosy over here either. You know, we <laughs> there's been tears, there's been loud voices and um you know, our children watching that, but I think it, it, they mimic and pick up everything that you do and Mm. that you say and teaching my children, my, my beautiful baby girls to have a voice to, to fight um, things that they stand for and to have these tough conversations, I think is a 
uh, essential to them being great leaders in the future and, and being great women. Um, so the work is being done in my home too. That's what's next for me. Um, and then in terms of uh, my healing, right? I use yoga to do that and meditation. Um, I kind of feel lucky because I know that I at least once a week will be in the studio or online breathing it out, right? Because this yeah. is also painful and in healing takes time. And um, it's not a quick fix. I think we're in an instantaneous culture. So you want to just pop it in the microwave and hope that we fix the problem. And that's not that's not the reality of what's happening. Yeah. here. And we all need to be a little bit more aware of that and compassionate with ourselves um, and in understanding that. So yes, I will be unpacking at home, I will continue to heal and in the interim, uh, my team is working hard to get our um, uh, website off the ground and running and, and so way to see it late to ju late July and we've got a lot of other exciting things coming down the pipeline that I cannot wait to share when we're ready and um, yeah I'm excited to transform the way parents travel and you know lighten the load a little bit yeah um can I ask one more questions because yeah. I know you have kids and how are you dealing how are they dealing with this are you Mine talking are very to them young. about it yeah. yeah mine are very my my oldest just turned three on the on the 15th and my youngest she'll be one july 12th so mine are Ooh. still babies and so um those con conversations haven't started just yet but like i said my three-year-old watches sees hears everything and yeah. i think just the osmosis of just being in an environment where she knows she has um, two parents of different races and how we communicate about these new topics that sometimes we watch on the news, she's picking up already, yeah. you know, and as she starts to mature and develop, um, I'm sure we'll have those conversations and I'm sure she's going to test me and, you know, oh God, yeah. toddler that she is. No, but listen, you're going to do great, you know, as everything, yeah. as a mom, as a business, as a mompreneur, as you know, as an activist, uh, you are a beautiful person. We are so happy and excited to partner up with you. We can't wait to see what, you know, your business is going to look like and yeah. to help you move forward and yeah. to be part of this conversation. So we're very, very grateful for your time, for, helping, you. us for helping us learn because, you know, it's, yeah. it's, as you said, it's a dual process. So we right. had to learn, but we're grateful that you spend this time teaching us and, and yeah. you know, so thank you so much. Of course. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And, thank you, um, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank ciao. you. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye, bye. Baby Voyage is pleased to announce the launch of a new membership program designed to give globetrotting parents even more access to expert advice and partner brand discounts. Three affordable price tiers give everyone access to the resources they need for an amazing family adventure. The program aims to teach children about world cultures and connect travel-loving families to one another, whether they are abroad or at home writing to a Baby Voyage pen pal. Visit Baby Voyage's website, www.babyvoyage.com, and click Join in the upper right-hand corner to sign up today. We'll see you there. This podcast was produced by myself, Derek Curtis.